Welcome into Hoops Form, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host Randy Sherman. As always, thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. If you're looking to spend less on team packs this season, but still get more for your buck, check out 323 Sports' famous $55 team packs. There are four pieces of apparel in each of those packs, a short sleeve tee, a long sleeve tee, shorts, and a hoodie, all for $55. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your program, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. I appreciate Randy being willing to join me again. We've already spent close to maybe more than that, two hours together this week. Randy, we had a special event earlier this week. Why don't you tell people about that and kind of recap that? Yeah, man, you're, you're my brother from another mother, man. We're, we're spending a lot of time together. So, uh, that's, that's good. Hope you're not annoyed with me yet. It doesn't take long. I hear. So yeah, Tuesday night was great, man. Thanks for hosting it and putting it together. And, and I enjoyed speaking about five out, um, early offense with, I think we had over 30 coaches, uh, 30 something coaches that, that got on the call live and, and, um, uh, and many more, I'm sure we'll consume it after the fact it's all up on coach tube now. We broke down every possible way to open a possession in early offense. Um, got some good feedback from the attendees. You know, we talked about how how we want to flow from transition to our offense and get to our first action to create an advantage in the first, you know, four to eight seconds of the shot clock to get all the way through to maybe one or two actions in the first four to eight seconds of the shot clock or the first four to eight seconds of the possession if you play without one. Um, but yeah, so fun stuff, a fun way to play, a fun way to 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 learn. I, I think the way that I, I broke it all down was use some good analogies and things like that from chess and boxing and things like that to sort of um, give it a creative twist. So if you weren't able to attend live, it's all up on on Tony's Coach Tube channel. So yeah, check it out after the fact and always feel free to reach out to me, Randy at RadiusAthletics.com to uh to talk more five out early offense randy did a great job and we'll be sure to link that below if you're interested in that go check that out today though we want to kind of move away from x's and o's and talk a little bit more philosophy and as you start your season or make preparations to start your season thinking about the culture of your program for some people that may be uh you may have negative feelings associated with that others that may be something that's a key part of your program i saw earlier this week somebody who we all know I won't mention, mention a, uh, a tweet about culture and talked about like what that looks like. And it, it kind of in the tweet wasn't positively portrayed. When I mentioned to you the word culture, Randy, what thoughts or feelings come to mind in relationship to a basketball program? Man, I, I, uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings that come to mind some, and, and they're mixed. Um, some of them are, are, um, I, I kind of feel like a little, I hear that word and I hear a lot of cliche and like sayings and things like that, 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 um, that kind of give me a feeling of like, oh, it's kind of cheesy, you know, like, uh, but I, I do know this, that, that um, it's important to, to, to have some, some lessons and some, some pieces that, that we're going to impart upon our players and, and live out as the leaders of the program, as coaches that, that translate way past our playing years. And, and I, I know coaches that, 
that take this part of the of their coaching um, roles as seriously as the X and O's part. Um, I probably full confession was not one of those, and I'm not proud of that. I, I, I this was an area that that when I was a coach, I was probably not well, not probably. I was definitely not as intentional about as getting our playing pieces squared away and how how that was going to look and and come out. I know a friend of your program, Jordan Sperber, did a video one time where it was like all these coaches at press conference saying culture, 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 you know, so it gets kind of a joking thing about like how much it gets talked about. And But I do think that if we're going to play on a team where we have to coexist with other humans and, and often sacrifice our wants for the greater good of a team and a program, that it definitely warrants some consideration on some just basic good behaviors and that that should shape how we exist on a team and that's all of us not just the players not just the coaches but even peripheral staff you know trainers any support staff around a program you know kind of all, all even within an athletic department to to scale and zoom out i think being intentional there will pay off I hear it. And I just think of this is how our program operates. And this is how the people within that program behave and the things that we do. And I think from that standpoint, it doesn't matter whether or not you want to use that word. Like every program does have a culture and you may be intentional about it. You may not be intentional about it, but understand that the result of those actions will create a culture. Yeah. And I find this typically with the younger coaches is that they are more concerned with the X's and O's because in our minds, that is the thing that wins the games. But as we get older and progress older, I would I would venture to say you can speak for yourself, but I would venture to say that you would think more about it now because of the experiences that you have and the understanding now that you have that it may be as important or more important than the X's and O's because how you do everything then even determines how you play out on the court. Yeah. I probably would just leave it at that for now. I do feel like your culture in large part stems from your own personal coaching philosophy. Did you have a philosophy like, again, everybody does, but did you have something that you had thought through? And maybe if you did it again, would, would you even write something like that down? Or would you suggest that coaches at least think through that? I'm guessing that you kind of talk through this kind of thing, whether or not you call it this activity with your yeah. ramp coaches. Like I said, man, we, we, we talk a lot about, and I definitely had a philosophy on how we were going to play as in terms of what our style of play was going to be. But if you're asking me to, to zoom out from there and asking me, did I have a coaching philosophy, like a mission statement that I had written down or something about why I was a coach or what I would have to be honest and say, no, not really. I just, I, I, I felt things and I, and I believe things about how to be a leader and, and how to, how I wanted our program to feel and our culture to feel like, but I, I, I wasn't very formal about it. And again, that's, that's, not something that I, I'm proud of. I, I, I'd say I could probably have been more intentional, not only in culture, but in terms of coaching philosophy. I would say if you ask the players that I coached and my assistants, assistants and staff, they clearly understood my coaching philosophy between the lines, like what, what we were trying, what, what mood, if you will, we were trying to create with our style of play. 
but um, my coaching philosophy, maybe my why, if you will, would be something that maybe needed clarification, man. I, I, I do help coaches with that, both between the lines and and um, outside the lines. And I think back when I look like now, I'm about to be 50 in October. And I look back at, at me as a 20, 30-year-old coach, 20-something, 30-something-year-old coach. And I'm, I'm just like, a lot of regret, a lot of, a lot of like, just sort of like, man, like the, the, the youth is wasted on the young, right? Like, like, like the energy I brought and the, and the passion I had for winning and improvement and work and things like that could have, could have been directed in a few more avenues and my coaching philosophy and starting with why I, I even became, became a coach needed to be analyzed mm-hmm. and clarified. I do feel like whether or not you write something like that down in large part goes to kind of your personality and, and how maybe you process things. I'm not one to necessarily write something like that down. Yeah, uh, me either. It is something that I've thought a lot through. On the other hand, my head coach has written something like that down, and that's good as well. I do think mm-hmm. uh, maybe the exercise of doing it, whether you write it down or not, you're probably going to end up writing it parts of it down will allow you to make sure that all of your bases are covered or to make sure that I actually do care about these things or that you have everything that you care about written down. And I, it, it almost feels like a, a, a starting point to building block to then kind of now this is what it's going to look like for our program. Yeah. And I do think that part of it again is age because when you're young, you're thinking about winning games and everybody does want to impact lives. But as you get older, at least for me personally, and I think this in part coincided with having children and mm-hmm. now what am I doing here? Like, oh, I need to really be leaving a legacy here to the next group. I need to be investing in and making sure that it does extend beyond the court. And so what does that look like? And we'll get into that in a minute. I think that the next step is or what I've found for me, the next step is, is like establishing core values. Yeah. And again, whether or not you had something like that written down, did your program have core values? And then maybe what did those core values look like on and off the court? Yeah. So this is one I can maybe say that I did okay with. Yes, we did uh, uh, have have core values that were sort of like our, our uh, things we tried to live out in, in our play in our practice and 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 in our interactions with one another they were written down sometimes that just felt like and, and this is when your first question asking me about culture and what my first impressions of that word are sometimes it just feels like I, I know coaches like feel like they ought to have core values and address the culture piece so they make you know make a poster or a laminated thing or some big artwork on the wall that has you know words and you know teammates accountability heart hustle all those things and then and then they just sort of check that box like i've done it i've posted it there it is and then they go about like behaving maybe differently than what is on the wall on the on the you know the graphics on the wall i would ask someone if they've ever traveled to a foreign country like like if you've ever traveled abroad you're an american and we have a culture here some of us just understood it's not even spoken about like the way we maybe greet one another or the foods we eat or the, you know, and then like you go to another country, Europe, South America, somewhere like that. And you're there and you're like, oh, you know, people don't really do that here, man. Like it's a different culture and a lot of it's unspoken and you kind of have to be there to absorb that. 
And I know from having players that moved into our school district and things like that, we we did have some uniqueness to our program. We're like, oh, man, we didn't do that in old school. This is way different. Or So whether you're intentional about it or not, some sort of like parallel to that analogy of like you're in another country now is going to bloom in your program. And that can either be a good bloom or a bad bloom, right? So the core value piece, I think the number one core value that I I, I, I see people with five or six of them, I tried to challenge myself to think of like something that would, would, would grab just almost everything. And one of our main core values, we call it extreme dependability. Extreme dependability, meaning... Are you dependable? Am I as the coach dependable? And, and we, we tried to live that out like in, in terms of being a good teammate. Like someone needs a ride. I know I can call Randy and they can pick me up. If someone needs a ride to practice, he, I know someone's got me. Or, or if someone's, we're having early morning waits and somebody's going I, I know, to, I know this guy's going to be there because this guy's probably going to wake him up. You know, like, and then it translates to on the court about, about you know, are you being dependable? Can I depend on you to be on help side, to help the helper, to run the court, to, to do? So, and then, and then the life lessons of that, like learning to be dependable in small things, then will I become someone who's dependable, who does what they say they're going to do? And, and, and even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, I'll, I'll be there for somebody in a time of need. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was something that I preached a lot. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. You know, I would ask, I'll, I'll just ask it of you is like, we talked about style of play and how we were very intentional about that, but like our, our culture pieces and these core values, then we're talking about style of play. If I say we want to be an up-tempo team, I, I find that very easy to measure. We're going to hit X amount of possessions per game or score this many points or go for a goal of getting this many points. Fast break points is determined by, you know, first eight seconds of the shot clock or something like that. You know, um, how then do you think, or you guys in your program also, know that the core values are being accomplished how do you measure it how do you see it how do you define it and then follow up how do we know it's seeping in i think part of it is you want to make things quantifiable because then you can see whether or not you're reaching your your objectives or your goals not everything can be quantified but i do think that that we can maybe quantify some things that we wouldn't necessarily thought of being quantifiable. Um, you know, I think of, you know, for our core values, let me say this too. I make sure that your core values that it's not like I need to come up with core values. So let's do the activity. It's almost a, I feel like a, like kind of a work your way backwards. The, 
another mm-hmm. buzzword phrase, like reverse engineering it. Like, what do I want out of this? What What is the end result? What do I want these young women or these young men to look like when this is over? And it's got to be more than just we're all standing up on a podium getting a trophy. Like, what characteristics do you want them to have? What, what am I trying to teach to them or pass on to them? And then working our way backwards, like, how do we go about doing that? So, for instance, to answer your question, if community service is a big part of we want to be doing good for other people or investing in other people or we want to be making a difference in our community. Well, in that case, like how much time are you spending doing that? And there is a level of intentionality and also setting aside time to do those things rather than just I I think sometimes coaches will, well, I want to teach these kind of characteristics. They'll observe me doing these characteristics and they'll become that and while our walk is very important and us not being hypocritical like we need to treat people with respect and i'm yelling at an official the entire game oh that's okay because it's an official during a game like no you need to be doing the things that you said are important so if respect is an important part of your program then you should be respecting officials uh, the other team people who come if community service and investing in others is then you should be spending time doing that like how many community hours do you have i'm not saying whoever has the most wins or anything but like set a goal is there you know we want to make sure that we have 50 hours of community service this this semester so we want to make sure that we're going out and doing that if it's something where we want to be good teammates what does that look like we all thought that there was something magical with how many touches that you have during a practice. So like maybe mm-hmm. chart those, like that could be something that shows. Yeah. I'm, I work with some coaches who do that. I'm, who, I'm, who. I'm interacting with others and encouraging them or like, we're going to spend the time at the beginning of practice. Uh, we bring a player up in front and we all tell what we're thankful for about that player. Like there are a lot of little things that you can do. And I think that's another aspect of it. This is not a, like a one time why I do this. And I checked off my box, like you said. Yeah. And we go, a lot of us, a lot of times, one step past putting it on a t-shirt. We do it one time during the year and we feel good about ourselves. Yeah. We had a team dinner. We're good, man. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like right. Yeah. we bonded, like we went yeah. away off on one trip. Back, back to, to block out drills. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. get back to it. Uh, it really is the uh, accumulation of a lot of small things that I think ends up showing whether or not your culture is actually what you say it is. Yeah. And I, I think of, I think of coaches, I work with some coaches who just fascinate me and, and, and they're, I feel humbled to even get to interact with them who, you know, some of them will, will even admit like, man, I'm not, I'm not a big X's and O's guy. Like I'm not, I don't know all this stuff y'all are even talking about, but you know, win a state championship, like, you know, because of their ability to connect with players and create an environment to where players are are giving effort for the, for the name on the Jersey, the team on the Jersey. And, and they're, they're working with one another and they become a great team. And you're, you're given an example of, Hey man, this, this guy's a self-admitted, I'm no X's and O's genius, but you can win that way too, by, by being, an extreme community builder and an extreme environment creator where the being on the team matters to, to the to people on it. And, 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 the, and that can have such an amazing ripple effect. I've seen it where just one basketball team can affect the school building. And then the school building affects community. The community affects 
you know, and it's just like this mushroom cloud of, of outgrowth from just this one group of guys who, who, who inspires people around them through their connectivity. There's been years I coached where that just sort of came together without the intentionality. And then there's been years I coached where it didn't come together and it undermined us. I, I had a, a team um, for a, a few years where on paper we were win, won a lot of games, 30 plus games in a year for three years. But man, if you if you were behind the scenes, like there were players who were just kind of ready for that to be over with. Mm-hmm. We, we were good enough to win anyway. But I look back and I, I, I got to take my medicine there and say that that experience probably, even though from the outside looking in, man, that must have been awesome. You guys were great. You were number one in the state. You won 30-something games, the regionals and state rankings and all this, this awesome stuff. That, But, like, man, not everything that glitters is gold. There was a lot of people there who were just surviving that experience, including me. So that team could have used a better leader in terms of this topic today in terms of like what are we getting out of this like you said besides standing on a podium and getting handed a trophy i don't know if if you're if you just sort of leave it up to the universe that sometimes can work out but i I definitely think we wouldn't do we wouldn't just uh, just leave it up however y'all want to play go play we wouldn't do that between the lines so why did i not make sure that this was lived out a certain way outside the line. Yeah. I think the most talked about and the most enjoyed teams typically are yes, ones that win, but then also the ones that do opposite of what you said about, they don't have people that just want this over with. They don't want like, you're just, just surviving the season. And that typically does come with a group who we say that we use the phrase bought in, but I really think it's more than bought in. Like it's, they have embraced which is an aspect of bought in, but they have embraced the culture, but then they've also there, there is on the part of the coach, there is a consistency in teaching that culture, holding people accountable and working towards something that's bigger, bigger than yourself and even bigger than the wins on the scoreboard. There's actually a book, I'm not getting paid for this. Maybe I should be, but there's a book that I just started reading. Mm -hmm. It's called the Messiah method. And it was written on, a soccer team, Division Three. It's actually two programs, a men and a women's team. I was looking around for it here, which is why I was kind of scouring okay, around. Okay. But um, it is written on the soccer programs up there at Messiah College up in Pennsylvania. And they have seven things that the researcher looked into through um, interviews. And they have a ton of na- both programs, ton of national championships, runner-ups. And those seven things were not connected I think two of them were connected to things that happened on the field. The other things were what would fall under this culture category. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I would just encourage coaches to be intentional about the culture of your program. I don't care what word it is. Um, that tweet that I referred to at the beginning, the last part of it was, I should be able to come to your practice and see in 10 minutes what matters to your program. And that really is your culture. I mean, that that that's you are going to be living out on the court, in the conversations, in the locker room, what is valuable to your program. Your players will be will be living those things out. So, yeah. And what I see from the very best coaches, Tony, is is they're able to connect the two, meaning meaning their culture, the life lessons they're hoping, like you said, the, the players will take with them long after they play. 
are also lived out on the court. You see examples of if let's say you to use my example of of extreme ours was extreme dependability. You know, I want you to be a dependable father, a dependable mother, a dependable brother, a dependable son, you know, but how can that also be lived out on the court? Well, if we've done our job and the two have bled into one another, extreme dependability is reflected on the court. Like, man, this guy got beat off the dribble and someone over there came over, rotated over and blocked a shot or took a charge or just something as simple as if I drive and you help and we kick, he's open. He's that's a, that's a, he's done his work to where when we manufacture that good look, he's done his work. He shot us a thousand shots a summer or whatever. Like, He's dependable. We we don't have to. Ooh, is it going to go? Ooh, you know what's going to happen here? Like, like it, everything is lived out. What we talk about being also can be reflected on the court. Mm-hmm. Servanthood that could easily be reflected on the court. Like your your you make the pass to a you know to an open teammate when that's that's a better opportunity for the team. All of I think the best leaders figure out a way to not only see that in their behavior off the court, but man, like when I watch that team, I also see discipline, honor, servanthood, dependability. I see it in their play as well. Mm -hmm. And that does not just happen by accident. Oh no. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, uh, even behind practice. Yeah. In classrooms and meetings and individual one-on-ones. One of the reasons I didn't feel like I was good at it as a coach is because I was kind of a knucklehead as a player. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I know, I think a lot of the coaches I talked to, I learned their personality and they almost nine out of 10 of them were like the super probably got the hustle award at basketball <laughs> camp and touched every line. And yes, coach, whatever you say, coach. And I was not that yeah. I was not that I was a knuck, but I was talented physically. So I got to play anyway. I got to I got to be a knucklehead and loaf in practice and cut corners. But I was going to get to play because I was a good athlete, tall, athletic, you know. So I personally now at my age, now I do. But at my time and even early in my coaching career, maybe because of that, not being the Wojo or the Aaron Kraft type as a player bled into my coaching. All that stuff doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's go Mm -hmm. ball like, you know, you know. So, wow, I, I think I think it's a good topic to, to think about how your own personality bleeds over into your leadership style, whereas I just didn't see all that as, as important when I was a player because I just had the physical tools to go perform and I didn't have to depend upon. And some of the lessons of being on the team just missed me because of that. So we talked earlier on about these kinds of conversations that you have with coaches and this is just a part of what you offer. Can you talk about that, where they can find out more information about that and kind of how you're gearing up for the basketball season with those coaches? Yeah, I, I have a program where I, I just serve as a, I don't even like the word mentoring. That's in the title, but but it, it's mentoring, it's advising. It's just almost like being a, a, a help or an aid to, to coaches and, and just a sounding board and lot of x's and o's but man we get into so much more i've made great friends and and just become an advisor to coaches and and then created a community of coaches that that do it for one another and support one another the best way is just reach out to me randy at radius athletics i'll I'll get you i'll get you pointed in the right direction and uh, man like i said earlier i I just I'm, i'm humbled and astounded by some of the men who who i work with and 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 their talent in this sphere 
that that far exceeds anything I could offer. So Randy does a great job, has a ton to offer. So definitely check that out. Thanks to all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch the full episode on YouTube just by searching Hoops Forum, or you can search Radius Athletics. It's there on Randy's YouTube page. If you're more inclined to the audio version, just search any platform, Hoops Forum, and there you'll find the audio version of the show. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk again next time on Hoops Forum.